Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the archaeologist. This is part of our archetype overview series covering all the archetypes available to players, and right now we're on the bard archetypes. This episode is sponsored by someone with incredible taste in Pathfinder classes, let me say, <laughs> Adam. Thank you, Adam. And if you want to sponsor an episode yourself, visit our site, tblazer.net. Now, archaeologist is the terrible victim of a misnaming. Archaeologist sounds lame. It sounds like someone who digs in dirt and they look at rocks and they're like, hmm, that's a really cool rock. It doesn't sound like hands down the best class in Pathfinder, which it is in a hyperbolic sense. Is it though? It is, it's pretty good. It's, it's a pretty good class. Listen, it's already a bard thing, so I'm coming at it with, you know, some trepidation. You're going to have to convince me here. Well, here's the thing. Archaeologists should really just be called Arcane Rogue. That is the correct name, and from this point forward, I'm going to be calling them the Arcane Rogue. We often talked about before a big problem with Rogue was that a lot of other classes, a lot of other archetypes, even like feats and traits, they gave people access to Rogue abilities while just being better than Rogue, and this is one of the prime examples of this. The archaeologist is going to lose a lot of their bard flavor, a lot of their singing flavor, in turn for just getting good Rogue abilities. Okay, well, you're already starting to turn me around. Goodbye singing, okay? Feeling better about this role-playing already? I can dig in dirt and be awesome. No, you don't even have to. You did nothing in this class no, that Christian, actually... I'm an archaeologist, I have It doesn't to. matter, misnaming, it's the Arcane Rogue. At the beginning, you said that this was a very accurate name, and this is the way to role-play. <laughs> Like, okay, I, full disclosure, I wasn't listening. I was playing Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man, you mean? Uh, No, because I'm not a heretic. Miss Pac-Man is strictly superior to Pac-Man. You're right, actually. I, <laughs> I have Miss Pac-Man for the SNES. And uh, no, 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 no. For the, I think it was for the Sega. Regardless, one of those old machines. And absolutely loved it. The levels would change as you go. It wasn't just like, you know, oh, now they're faster. <laughs> Maybe my brother would compete to see how far we could go. It just gets faster and more difficult. It's not at all an analog to real life. Christian, she had a bow. <laughs> she was different. And this archetype is different. Ooh, look at that segue. Swish. Wow. Got it's the Waka one. Waka archetype. <laughs> so the arcane rogue. We can't call it the arcane rogue. It's called the archaeologist. We but is call it, it though? <laughs> Christian. <laughs> All right, we can't just steal things from other podcasts. It's amazing, it's hilarious, but, I mean, we can't do that. So let, let's briefly can we though? compare Rogue to Bard <laughs> off the bat. So for simply losing two skill points a level, getting six skill points per level instead of eight skill points per level, the Bard has an additional saving throw. It has a good will saving throw. Still has three force BAB. And I, I never really thought about this. The Bard just straight up has better weapon and armor proficiencies. Like, just straight up is proficient with, like, an extra two weapons and with shields, whereas Rogue is not. So, just, just a straight upgrade right there. So, what are we going to lose and what are we going to get in return for what we lose as an archaeologist? Well, first off, the very first thing at level one is that the archaeologist at no point gets any bardic performance. No inspire courage. No inspire competence, no inspire greatness, you get none of it. That was the cool buffing, debuffing stuff I liked about the bard, Christian. This is a much more selfish bard. This is a bard that instead of, <laughs> it's going to lose a lot of its buffing and supporting abilities and get abilities that make themselves stronger. I see a class that will encourage me to play selfish. <laughs> Christian? I'm in. <laughs> doubling down on archaeologists <laughs> so instead of any bardic performance they're gonna get like a smattering of skills throughout their level progression that they get in return for losing this 
The very first one is called Archaeologist Luck. And let me just say, archaeologist is a very hard word to spell. No matter how many times I type <laughs> this thing out, and no matter how I look at it, I'm like, is that actually how it's spelled? I don't believe you, You want to know what it is? And you, you, you'll notice this now that I'm going to tell it to you. It's when there are two or three vowels stringed together. There's an A, E, and O right next to each other. And when you spell archaeologist in the future and you misspell it, I promise you it'll be the A, E, and O in the wrong order. Oh, that's definitely it. It's that sandwich of vowels in the middle between these consonant bread pieces. Archaeologist, like what is happening? <laughs> Let me tell you, he's a great cook, and it's awesome flavor. The archaeologist, but archaeologist luck. So favor fortune is the archaeologist. As a swift action, an archaeologist can call upon fortune's favor, giving them a plus one luck bonus on attack rolls, saving throws, skill checks and weapon damage rolls. You can use this a number of rounds per day, equal to four plus your charisma modifier. This ability is treated as a bardic performance for the purpose of anything that interacts with it, such as feats, abilities, or items. It's also kind of like when people like counterperform against you. It says effects, so I would think so. Okay. At level five, this becomes a plus two. At level 11, this becomes a plus three, and it becomes a plus four at level 17. So this is actually, this is really good. And for some reasons that aren't immediately apparent, but it takes, I think, until level 13 for a bard to start a performance as a swift action. You could do it from level one, but it only affects you. Though it only affects you, it's stronger than a normal bardic performance because it applies to more things, and it's a luck bonus, meaning it's going to stack with a lot more than what a competence bonus will stack with. I'm playing a war priest right now, so forgive me if I compare everything to the war priest, but this reminds me a little bit of his his ability to boost his weapon, which is incredible, and all it boosts is weapon and damage rolls. This is boosting a couple other things. Yes, yeah, saving throws and skill checks. So it's all saving throws, all skill checks. So for a couple rounds per day, you're going to be really good at stuff. Now, there's a couple more little tidbits to this that I'm going to get into after the end. Hey, Christian. Yeah, what's up? I, f I, found, I found this Tyrannosaurus's head. I feel lucky now. <laughs> Isn't this... Uh... I'm guessing for like maybe four rounds a day or maybe a little more. I'm a little charismatic. <laughs> I felt like measuring it like six second increments. I don't know why. Like, I guess they're going for like an Indiana Jones thing. Like you're not, you're not oh, really an archaeologist. It's gone. <laughs> you're not actually an archaeologist. You're actually just Harrison Ford. <laughs> this belongs in a museum. So that's level one. On to level two, we get an ability called Clever Explorer. Oh, so he's not Indiana Jones. He's Muldoon from Jurassic Park. Clever girl. Oh, I feel more powerful. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know what does Muldoon get. A bonus equal to half his class level on all disabled device and perception checks? No, he does wish he would, however, because he gets ambushed by a velociraptor, so... <laughs> you, he wanted this bonus. He would have loved those perception check bonuses. Shoot her! Shoot. <laughs> Whenever I think of that movie, I just think of the zoom in on his lips as he says, Shoot her! <laughs> Amazing. So in addition to getting this bonus on disabled device and perception checks, you can also disable intricate and complex devices in half the normal amount of time. And oh, you can also open a lock as a standard action. At level 6, you can take 10 on disabled device checks, even in distracted or endangered, and you can also disarm magical traps. This is replacing versatile performance, which was you use your performance skill in place of two other skill checks. So this is a straight up better version of Rogue's Trap Finding. This is applying to all perception checks, not just perception checks to see traps, all perception checks, and all disabled device checks, not just ones involving traps. They're already at level two 
better than the rogue at picking locks, at seeing traps. Yeah, but you give it a versatile performance. That was an amazing ability. Are you saying you wouldn't take a bonus perception checks over that, Caleb? Because that's not the co-host I know. <laughs> that's not who you've proven to be. <laughs> but Christian, I could have versatile performance my perception check. You actually couldn't. No. Neither of these skills are covered by any versatile performance. Oh, okay, fine. So, so far we got the Indiana Jones, he's a lucky guy, now the Indiana Jones disabled device, he's going through all these traps, and he can, oh, he switched out the bag of sand. I never thought Indiana Jones is a gosh darn bard. He's not singing, he's just, well, he can also cast spells. He's singing through the air, while he's swinging over from those vines with the monkeys in the best Indiana Jones movie that was ever made, Crystal Skull, fight me, internet. Don't fight me, I really don't, I don't <laughs> hold that view. It's not my view. <laughs> But Caleb, I thought you wanted me to fight you. Said, "Wait, guys, it isn't the Nazis that are bad this time. It's the Russians." Oh! <laughs> so, small thing to mention here: Bard doesn't have disabled devices as a class skill, which is kind of a sad face. But hey, guess what? You can easily get a trait that gives you disabled devices as a class skill. How dare you, Christian? How dare, How dare you? What traits are meant to help you roleplay? Not oh, I have a bad will save, or I need a better uh, initiative modifier. Let me find the trait that does that. Why not? Why isn't it part of my flavor that I'm good at Indiana Jones disabling of traps and replacing things with my hat? Let me guess. Every character you've ever made has reactionary and broken, not beaten as their traits. All right, Christian. How original. Which one's broken, not beaten? Once a day when you go below zero hit points, you can accept one point of damage to regain consciousness for one round. And everyone who's ever played Pathfinder Society has it on their character sheet. Even though, you know, I guess we're not picking things for their flavor anymore. No, I guess all that. Caleb, guys, can we real quick, can we I'm just sorry. erase everything that's not rules text and all of my stuff? I just want to be a ball of stats real quick. Okay, yeah, thanks. Caleb, I don't pick. The reason trait bonuses are so small is like, all right, guys, welcome to the traits episode. Snuggled, snuggly inside this uh, this archetype episode. Listen here. Traits are, have small bonuses so that you can pick things based off of flavors instead of based off of numbers. But no, we all need initiative, so everyone picks reactionary. Hey, guess what, guys? Syndrome was right when everyone's special. No one is. Caleb, how dare you? I don't pick reactionary, a plus two bonus to initiative checks, because you were bullied as a kid on all my characters. I pick elven reflexes, a plus two bonus to initiative checks, because of your elven heritage on all my characters, okay? It's different. That one's more flavorful. <laughs> You got me there. Christian 1, Caleb 0. Let me warn you right now, Caleb, if you don't like cheesy traits, you're not going to like my conclusion on this class, because the conclusion oh, is, boy. it's broken by cheesing your traits. <laughs> okay, alright. So also at level 2, we're not getting well-versed, which is your bonus to, like, saves against Sonic effects and language-dependent effects. Instead, you're going to get Uncanny Dodge as the Rogue class feature, which is you can't get caught flat-footed. Which this is nice because a rogue typically doesn't get this to level four, but we're not getting evasion till later, and usually a rogue would have evasion right now. But I think overall, uncanny dodge is more useful than well versed. Yeah, I think almost everything is better than well versed. <laughs> it's a straight upgrade. Even uncanny dodge, we famously yell at each other for. I'll say it's better. So at level three, we're getting trap sense. Oh, so on top of having clever explorer and our huge bonus of perception checks, we are also getting trap sense itself. So we get a plus one bonus on seeing traps and disabling traps and a plus one to our AC against traps. And that goes up plus one for every three levels after the third. We're not technically losing anything for this, but this is still part of the we lost Bardic performance suite. Like rest in peace traps. Traps don't exist. You're getting half your level to perception checks on top of a flat bonus on top of it being a class skill. This is great. See, I don't, I don't normally like trap sense because I think it's kind of lame. 
But on this class, because we're kind of getting it thrown into a package where it's not literally all I get, it's actually pretty good. Did this replace anything? Technically not. We lost water performance, so we get a lot of stuff throughout the levels that we don't technically lose anything for, but we don't have any more performances. Real quick, bad archetype design. Whenever you make archetype, you have to keep in mind that people can take multiple archetypes. So be very careful with what replaces what, otherwise people will cheese so fast. Well, no, th this is because you lost water performance. Like, it doesn't specifically state that, but you're, you're getting this and the replacement has already happened earlier. So you can't take you right, can't take this archetype in cohesion with other things that replace well versed or any things that replace your bardic performances of any kind. Gotcha. So on to level four. At level four, we're getting a rogue talent, and then we get one every four levels after. And level twelve and later, you can pick advanced rogue talents. We said multiple times rogue talents do suck, but again, that's on the rogue where you're getting one every other level, and it's an entire part of your class identity. We're getting rogue talents at a slower progression. And we're a spellcaster. So this is just like cherry on top. This is icing on the cake. You can just cherry pick the good ones, the ones that basically give you bonus feats. And you're not forced to keep picking them until you have to go into the useless category. Any other cherry-based lingo you'd like to throw around? <laughs> or are you done now? <laughs> this is the cherry syrup in my Shirley Temple. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what does this replace? Technically nothing. So this is still, we lost part of performance, so we're just getting stuff throughout the levels. Last thing that this archetype gets, at level 6 we gain the evasion ability. Not losing anything, still part of the, oh no, I lost Bardic Performance, that's so much stuff, package. And then later you could pick Improved Invasion as an advanced rogue talent if you wanted to. So this seems to me a lot like I'm becoming a rogue except without sneak attack damage and I get casting. Essentially, yes, you are a good skill monkey. You're actually a fairly good combatant with Archaeologist Luck. You have some of these defensive abilities in Invasion and Uncanny Dodge. In play, you are basically doing everything a rogue does, except you don't literally have the sneak attack ability, and you can also cast the invisibility spell on yourself, making you better at sneaking. So we're going to put all this together. We put everything that this archetype gives us together, and it doesn't seem like too much. Like a Sunday, you know, where you have to <laughs> add the cherry at the end when you put it There's together. There's so many cherries, but this is just all cherries. Let me tell you, this is just a Sunday filled to the brim with cherries. We're a slightly more greedy bard. We're giving up all, most of our abilities allow us to buff our allies and support our allies for more powerful personal effects. The thing with this archetype that I love is that there is a lot of support for it, and there's like really neat feat chains you can take that make you very effective at what you're trying to do. So I mentioned the cheesy trait, I'll hit this right off the bat, and this is something that even when I played this class, I asked my GM first, because this is kind of busted. There is a trait called Fates Favored, which states, whenever you are under the effect of a luck bonus, increase that bonus by one. Well, all the bonuses you get from Archaeologist Lux are luck bonuses. So basically, you are getting a plus two to everything at level one when you use the ability. So it's like you're pretty much starting at fifth level for the its bonus progression. Correct. Mm. And like I said, I don't suggest just like opening this up with a GM because it can seem a little strong. No, let's let's read let's read the flavor text on Fate's favorite. What's neat is that in the actual archaeologist luck, it says you're calling on fortune's favor. So they're kind of maintaining the same language. The flavor text is just the fates watch over you. Fine, you win, Christian. The fates watch over the traps going off in the archaeological dig. It's great. It's perfect. Great flavor. Mm, wow. You get an additional plus one. Wow. Tell me more about that. I want to know everything. Now, because archaeologist luck is considered a performance, there are some feats and abilities you can take that interact with it. Namely, the feat Lingering Performance is kind of a feat tax for this class. 
What Lingering Performance says is that once you end a Bardic Performance, it remains in effect for an additional two rounds. Very strong when this is basically tripling the number of rounds that we have Archaeologist Luck per day. Now, if you were paying attention, you would have noticed when we brought up Archaeologist Luck, it doesn't scale. It's just four plus your Charisma modifier per day, making this kind of needed. If you look on the forums, the person that created this archetype actually stated that he intended to make the number of rounds per day to scale, but there is never an official errata. So you're probably going to pick a race that gets a bonus to barge performance per days, or you're going to need to take lingering performance or maybe even extra performance feats to compensate for that. I just want a quick shout out. How dare you, Adam? Adam? Got how angry I am at you? Because right now, do you hear into Christian's voice how genuinely happy he is? You pick something that he can work around and crunch the numbers and and break to all get out. How dare you, sir? This podcast is all about making sure Christian stays very unhappy, and you're breaking this whole thing. This is so, wow, what poor design. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> wow. You got cherry caught in your throat? Yeah, what? all these cherries. Every one of these feats is a cherry. Wait, 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 quick. Mm, 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 mm. All right, I just tied a knot using only my tongue <laughs> with the cherry stem. That's right, I'm a good kisser, ladies. Hey, <laughs> high, high school feats of kissedom. <laughs> so I recently got the chance to play an archaeologist. So let me go over a little bit of what my build ended up being like. I chose the Tengu race because I think they're cool. Also, the Tengu get the ability to be proficient with all bladed weapons. So, hello, Elven Curve Blade. Two-handed weapon, uses dexterity as its attack stat, has an 18 to 20 crit range. Mmm, tasty. Great. I love it. So, I have a high dex, I have an okay strength, and an okay charisma. This made my character a heavy-hitting spell-casting skill monkey, kind of covering all the bases. The Arcane Strike feat is a really good feat for this class. Because it's a swift action, it somewhat overlaps with your Bardic Performance, activating your Archaeologist Luck, but you could put on the Hurt with Arcane Strike plus Archaeologist Luck. You could tag yourself with the Heroism feat, giving yourself a further plus two on all your attack rolls and all your skill checks that scales with Archaeologist Luck. You can cast Vanish, you can cast Visibility, guess what, Rogue can't do that. You can hit people with Touch AC, there's a spell for that, there's a spell called Coin Shot, you flick a coin at people, hits their Touch AC, does a ton of damage. And if I had to pull out my bow and arrow, I'm still good at that. I was really happy with the build, I was really happy with the character, and I think overall this class is very fun. It does for me what I want the Rogue to do but cannot accomplish. Christian, was this character's name Kulu? Kalu, yes. How dare you you've how you've pulled the wool over my <laughs> eyes for too long this is your kulu bill yeah i was ah, i was i was playing as a swashbuckler a combat class he was and you were outclassing me how dare you <laughs> kulu the name is adorable and i'll link the picture because it was also adorable but how dare you sir so you were a freaking bard that was out impressing my swashbuckler. I'm so upset with you right now. I could help you with that swashbuckler build, Caleb. <laughs> I don't need... What, what traits did you pick? <laughs> oh, the wrong ones, apparently. Oh, I'm so upset with you. Truly, to show the power of this, it really did outclass this, you know, martial character. That's crazy. But who, who, who knew that casting buffing spells on yourself could be so buffing? <laughs> could be so absolutely devastating to all your enemies. So my question is this. Why not Rogue? Rogues don't have to cast a spell on themselves and they get the extra sneak attack damage. Why, why all this flavor? Why not just pick a rogue? It's got the trap finding. It's got everything you're doing here. Minus the spells that you get from being a bard. Because this has everything. That, what can the rogue do that this class can't? I'll ask you. Sneak attack. 
uh, about double the amount of rogue talents. Okay, so would you rather have rogue talents or spellcasting? Me personally? <laughs> well, if, if, we're, if we're talking on what can they do that the bard can't. Mm-hmm. This, cla- this class oh, still yeah, gets okay. rogue talents, and as we said, rogue talents aren't good. There's only a handful that are worth selecting, which you get with this class. And then you don't have to take, like, getaway driver and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you can cast spells. Caleb, you can cast spells. You can just cast invisibility. I don't care. But what good is invisibility if I don't get if I don't get the benefit of this? Because you just still hit, like, a freaking truck. All right. You don't need Fine. sneak. You don't, that and that has always been my problem with rogue. Actually, they get this ability called sneak attack. That you, it's not really indicative of being a rogue. It's just flat damage. It's just damage dice. That's not interesting. That's not fun. It doesn't even give you any ability to do that. This does e- everything this, the bar wants to do except literally roll extra dice sometimes. Is this like a well-known cheese build, or is this something you discovered? I think the Tengu taking the Elven Curve Blade was a little bit of my own spin on it, but overall, I mean, casting heroism on yourself and getting uh, stacking other bonuses. If you look at any guide to archaeologists, they're going to be like, "Yeah, take Fate's favored, do it, it is, do it, do it, do it." Do it. <laughs> oh yes, more jokes to steal. <laughs> no one's heard of the game Grumps. I'm sure no one will notice, and they'll think it's ours. <laughs> All right, well, all right, interesting. The Bard is, is is taking me through a roller coaster of emotions between it's the class episode we did, all these archetypes. This fixes the problem that a lot of people have with Bard. People are like, well, I like being charismatic and doing like spy-like things, but I don't want to play an instrument. Boom. Okay. Done. Pick archaeologist. Well, thanks again to Adam, who sponsored this episode. Want to sponsor an episode like Adam? Visit our site and click on Sponsor an Episode, and you too can make us do an episode on your favorite topic. And even make Christian happy once in a while. <laughs> I suppose you're allowed that. Send Christian cherries to P.O. Box. <laughs> Skip buckets full of disgusting cherries that are four days old from being shipped. Ooh, they're so ripe. Mm. <laughs> I grew up and I had cherry trees, but they were like canning cherries. They were good for pies and things, but you weren't just going to eat them. But goodness gracious, do cherries are... They're good every way but straight. Cherries are delicious, except for like those mutated genetically engineered cherries you get at Walmart where you, they don't pit them. You have to eat out, spit out the pit. Those are delicious. Aside from that, cherries just... Yeah, just cover them in sugar. Put them in syrup. Maraschino cherries. We got it. Mission accomplished. All oh, these are disgusting. Make a jam. We're making a jam, everyone. Throw them in a pie. Just like this bard archetype. Just like the bard. Useless unless you do something with it, like giving an archetype <laughs> like this. Ha ha. Turn it around. Tying it together. When something has a cherry or a black cherry flavor, you know. You're like, you, you get a black cherry drink, and you're like, oh yeah, that's definitely cherry. I don't even know there's alcohol in this. It's a very overpowering flavor, just like this is a very overpowered archetype. Pick it. Do it. Well, it's like with ice pops, or whatever you freaking call them in your part of the country. Uh, purple is the name of the flavor. It's not grape. You <laughs> taste that, it doesn't taste like a grape. It tastes like purple. Red doesn't taste like cherry. It tastes like cough syrup. Come on, guys. Everyone back me up here. Nobody likes red popsicles. And if you do, you're probably the kind of person that likes the archaeologist and likes when Christian is happy. Get me that red popsicle. <laughs> uh, Thanks again, Adam, for sponsoring. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. This episode was edited by Devin Tonnell. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.